marketers spend a lot of time talking about digital marketing, but there are so many other types of marketing that can have a huge impact on your business. And today we're talking about one of those. One of the best things you can do is having a blend of on and offline marketing blended together for the biggest and positive, most positive impact for your business. Stuart Abenthy is the CEO of Reach, a company that provides both letterbox, which is flyers, and out-of-home out of marketing, which is billboards, buses, and bus shutter advertising. While much of the work at Reach is for larger companies and organizations, there's a lot to learn about the benefits of using letterbox marketing in particular, combined with your digital marketing. That blend is kind of magic there. In today's podcast, we go over what's working and what's not for small businesses in this area, why understanding data is key, and how you might incorporate letterbox marketing into your own business. Even if you're not planning to run a large campaign, thinking about how print materials can supplement your marketing can really help you get people remembering you, what you do, and what you deliver. I know that I came out of this time with Stu and actually realizing that I want to do a lot more print advertising next year and combine it with other things we're doing. So we're working on that. Print is not dead. It's just got more powerful with the blend of print and digital together. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you want to ask questions or you want to discuss this, do come along and be part of Mapit Marketing on our Facebook page. But let's get start talking to Struan. Welcome. This is Mapit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hi and welcome to Map It Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and First of all, thank you so much for listening in today. If this is your first time, do go and check out some of the other podcasts around all the different types of marketing, plus some of the great guests that we've had on the past talking about either their expertise in a particular area or their experience as a small business owner, working out how to market in this increasingly complex, busy world that we're having to manage in. Um, today, our guest is Stuart Abernethy, who owns Reach. Reach is a business that is designed to do marketing that some of us don't often think about. I've just been having a bit of a rant to Stuart about how people always want people to be a digital marketer, whereas I consider myself an all-over marketer because I love print. I started my business um, as a freelance writer for magazines. I've always loved media and magazines and flyers, and I'm a I'm an avid fly collector if they're a good one. And so I'm a big believer in the blend of print and digital together, making a perfect combo. So um, Stuart's going to come and talk to us about that. But um, first of all, Stuart, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, great. Great to be here, Rachel. And, and do you want to tell, to tell us a little bit about you and how you came to um, own Reach and, and, and why, why it's important to you? Yeah, so that's really interesting off the bat, Rachel, because I actually don't own Reach. Oh, okay. Um, I know. I'm, As I I'm said, I was like, crap, does he own it? I'm just going to take a punt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be great if I did, but no, I'm actually uh, I'm the CEO here at Reach. Yeah. CEO is, is almost owning it. I mean, like, you know, you, you direct it, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's absolutely, you know, the owners certainly give us uh, a lot of autonomy. So I've actually said to my team, this is absolutely like owning your own business, but without the, all the risks. So, yeah, it's that's great. A plus, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I'm the CEO. Uh, as far as reach is concerned, I mean, that was a great intro. We um, are actually a marketing solutions business these days. Um, the legacy business and the core product is letterbox marketing, mm-hmm. uh, but we actually have a, a full suite of digital products as well to support that. And we have a very large uh, team and capability around data science. So one of the things the business does and maybe is not um, particularly well known for is we actually provide the audience measurement solution for the outer home industry here in New Zealand um, through a product called Calibre. And um, that is, you know, that IP and that that product is actually um, owned by Reach. So, uh, yeah, so we're a, a business that has its heritage and its legacy in letterbox marketing, um, and that has evolved into really a full stack marketing solutions business with great data science capability. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great job. So, so, yeah. so when you talk about um, audience measurement, like we talk on this podcast, and I talk. We talk very plainly um, when we talk about marketing. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that it shows you the different demographics of different regional areas, or how? What does that look like? Yeah, so it's really a uh, what we've built there is really a media um, placement planning tool for all the out of home agencies in New Zealand. So if you uh, fully understand who your your target demographic is and your target market is. We can take that down using you know mosaic profiling, and and clearly show you um, what assets, so what billboards, what bus shelters, what street furniture, um, you know where you should be putting your marketing, your advertising material throughout New Zealand based on eyes on the prize. So you're saying that if you said, um, say someone said, I want people who uh, tend to be homeowners, may own a boat, uh, and that 35 to 45 demographic have this sort of thing, you can go, most of those people are in these particular suburbs around New Zealand. These are the best places if you're going to put that type of marketing. Correct. And that and that capability really um, has been built out of the letterbox channel. So that's exactly what we do in letterbox. So back in the, you know, the good old days, way before my time, I think if you had businesses and customers investing into letterbox, it was very much a uh, almost a scattergun where you would just hit every letterbox in a certain area or every letterbox throughout New Zealand if you were doing national. And we still have a lot of customers that do that, but uh, we're very, very much about optimizing that marketing spend and optimizing where you're putting your marketing material. And so again, um, we can tell you where you should be in letterbox just like we can with um, out of home. So yeah, I, like I have that. some, I have Rachel, I have some amazing data scientists walking around this building that are way smarter than me and actually um, at times, I struggle to hold a conversation with them. So there's yeah. always a good sign of an engineer, I reckon. Um, in terms or a scientist, so so can we just? I want to ask a couple of things. One, out of home, can you specify for me what that means? Uh, yeah, sure. So I sort of touched on it. The out of home industry in New Zealand covers um, billboards, uh, street furniture, bus shelters, um, uh, buses themselves um, so anywhere really where advertising material is um, in the natural environment that's the out-of-home industry so it's anywhere where so it's literally out of home and it's things that we're going to visually see on a physical space somewhere that we're going to go past that's right and and in terms of that is when you're working with someone and they're talking about that sort of thing are they bringing you the creative or are you also coming up with the creative? 
No, we're not doing the creative. So we're supporting the agencies. Um, it's, you know, it's a joint venture with JC Deco, O-Media and MediaWorks are the three main um, partners as far as out-of-home is concerned. And then you have, um, you know, the rest of the out-of-home community in New Zealand. So we are just providing that smarts as far as audience measurement, as far as the creative and the booking and, you know, the placement and, and where all that goes, um, that's controlled by the agency. Cool. So when we're looking at, because I, th- I think this is really interesting because I, one of the things that I do with tiny businesses, so, so for example, if we have someone who's a landscape gardener, a little one, or, um, or a, like a, I don't know, like makes decks or something like that, builds decks, is one of the things that I'll often say to them is use the real estate method of when you're in a street and you've done that, you can assume that the people close to that person will have been in a similar demographic. So put leaflets or flyers you know 10 or 20 houses down the left the right and then on the other side of the road this reach is really about doing that on a larger scale isn't it like that's what you're that's what they're doing in that microcosm of going I'm going to put my flyer or my advertising in this space plus I'm going to have my sign written car parked in the driveway so people are going to see that it's me that is what you're doing on a much larger scale with billboards and with mailer drops correct that's right yeah Yeah. targeted very much targeted so as I say we you know we really want to and and particularly well right through the customer base you know we as far as our customer base is concerned we service from sole traders who you know example might be Joe's lawn mowing around on the Coromandel who wants to create more um, customers as far as his, his lawn mowing service right up to very large enterprise New Zealand and everything in between so you know to uh, to to be relevant and to make sure that we are placing material where their audience hangs out, and that's both in an online and an offline um, world. Um, you know, data has become really crucial, um, and hence the investment into data science and making sure that we're optimizing that spend for our customers. Yeah. So if we're looking at a, a solo entrepreneur to sort of say like a, a team that's got up to 10, 15 staff, so quite a small business in New Zealand. Mm. So you're saying that for them, there is still that real benefit to be able to use billboards and moving billboards like buses and things like that. There's still that benefit to do that because it's, even though it, it might feel like a big expense, the return in terms of brand awareness pays off. Uh, definitely in, in out of home. From a letterbox perspective, what we've um, what we've found, and you know, there's there's different ways that we have measured this um, and are developing measurement as far as attribution of, of spend is concerned. But what we've found is by optimizing and getting really clear on where that target is, and then overlaying that with digital as well. So we actually have a product called Reach Home um, that we've just recently launched into the market, which is a basically a combination of the letterbox channel, um, then uh, using mobile um, location data, retargeting the same message. So you're getting that, that repeat repetition of, of offer or repetition of brand through your digital advice of what turns up into uh, your letterbox. And then we also, you know, um, support that through social media as well. So it's actually a, and this is where I think, uh, I don't know, I think, I just think maybe the conversation has been become about offline versus online, the power of digital versus print, where actually 
what we're finding is the more and more people who are using the combination of both mm. um, are, are getting way better results. So um, we're very, yeah, we're very much about joining those two forces together, I guess, in the marketing world, Rachel. Yeah. I do think that that is, I, th I think that's quite an interesting point because I do think that quite often there is this whole idea that you should, you know, there are people that I've worked with businesses that are like, I don't do any social at all. We just do everything offline and, you know, we're not going to touch social. I'm like, well, if you put that in, it would make it better. And then I see the other side of like, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to just do social. And I do think they miss out on an opportunity when you put those two things together because essentially what you're doing is you're creating a physical physical memory or like a, that tactile thing of picking up that flyer or visually seeing something if it is a billboard and then you've got that that um, connection up again with them then they're in digital and it's like em envelope enveloping enveloping them around with the message so that it's kind of like no matter where you go it's there isn't it that's what you're doing yeah totally and I guess when you think about that from a human behavior perspective that's we don't just operate in the physical world or we don't just operate in the digital world. We operate, you know, we hang out in both places, don't we? So yeah. from, I just think it makes just utmost sense that if you're going to invest in marketing and you want to get a message out there around brand or offer or whatever that looks like, you need to be in both places. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of, you know, what Letterbox can do uh, and what we're finding is... It, <laughs> I think the digital world is, is becoming, and we're a big believer in it, don't get me wrong, but it's very cluttered. Mm. You know, you, your average consumer these days is getting hit with around, uh, it was academic studies done um, out of the States, around over 4,000 marketing messages or advertising messages in a day. So if you've got a piece of actual tangible printed material that turns up in the home and resonates with the homeowner, that can end up on the coffee table, on the fridge. It can stay in the home, mm. you know, for days, for weeks, whatever. I know a good friend of mine, he's a mad keen fisherman, and whenever you go to his house, the, the hunting and fishing magazine is front and centre on his coffee table and, you know, telling his family what he wants for Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. So I just think the power of both is where it's at, and that's what we're very much about driving here. Yeah. So I know that you don't have a say in the design of the flyers, but do you well we do we, oh, we actually do okay we do so we're so we're customers need that service mm. um we offer that to them and we've actually found that's a key part so we're again more in that um that smaller uh end of the market the the SME uh space they quite often do the design themselves at one and it does stuff out, right? Because yeah, so I was going to yeah. ask, like, what do you think? Like, I know you may not, as a CEO, you might not be actually doing that, but from your knowledge and understanding of it, what are some things that you really do need to make sure you've got on those flyers? Like, I would definitely say uh, contact details would be great. It's amazing how many people forget to put those on a flyer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, obviously, some sort of call to action. Yeah. Uh, something that's not, you know, something that's clean and professional looking and yeah, is, you know, it doesn't isn't cluttered with over over uh, lots of messages, um, yeah. I guess. And yeah, something that uh, really resonates as far as when you because what's happened with the letterbox when you think about it, this is really this is a really interesting conversation because what's happened is over time we we used to so back in the day we used to get all yeah. our mail and our bills and our yeah you know everything through the letterbox and now most of that stuff comes digitally, so the letterbox has become 
And we we really passionately believe in this. We think it's a, almost a surprise and delight channel that yeah. you're actually, when you go to the letterbox these days, it's it's because you've received a courier parcel or yeah. there's a sample or there's some, you know, uh, brilliant piece of marketing that's in, in your letterbox. So something that's actually going to um, resonate, be clean, have a clear um, call to action. Uh, yeah, and we can help with that. We do that um, in-house. So, yeah. Do you also talk to people about the quality of the paper? Like how important it is to have something that feels good on the for the hands or do you have the same, do you have the same paper for everybody? No, we so we don't print, um, no. but we do. Would you recommend on that? Sorry. Would you recommend on that though? Yeah, totally. So we have a. I guess when we say we don't print, we sell print services, but we use a, a ecosystem of partners to deliver that for us. Um, and so yes, we do. You know, as far as the weight and the GSM and the you know glossy etc., we'll we'll talk to that. Yep. And do you think that it does make a difference having like that the the feel of the paper, it makes it much less likely for it to be binned? Like, you know, like, do you think that's part of what makes it something, that tactile experience? Well, I'll do, and I'll give you an example. And the example was actually from my own home where um, my partner, uh, and I won't talk about the actual brand, but is a big fan of a particular brand who's always in Letterbox. And recently they changed their um, paper uh, from, you know, glossy GSM through to more newsprint. Um and she just she just didn't engage with it. She actually Isn't like that interesting. It, really interesting. So you know, there's a real time life example for you. Um, but yeah, so I do think it makes a difference. And when you say like when you talk about newspaper drops, are you talking about something that is just a single piece of paper, or are you talking about something that could be more complex, like a mini catalog or things like that as well? Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Yeah. Both. yeah. yeah. Because I imagine that that is that whole surprise and delight is if you find a mini mag or something like that in a letterbox, that is quite a surprise and delight moment. Well, yeah, particularly because we're used to, you know, getting all sorts of things and now it's actually more about, yeah, what's in there, what's mm -hmm. actually in the letterbox. So, yeah. And I am, I, I will say that I... I really believe in this partly too. I, I did a thing, I used to run, before COVID, I was running a lot of live events and I created what is called a Megalog, which is a magazine catalog mix. It's got like a little bit of articles, and a little bit of selling in it. And we were giving those out and I went with the premise of the nicer the paper, the harder it is for people to throw out. And I know, I know people who've recently told me who still have the ones we made in 2017 and 2018. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And that to me says that's, you know, like, because I always have this thing of the nicer the paper, psychologically, the less people want to throw something out because they feel like they're wasting something that's precious. And so they don't, that's why it ends up on the fridge or somewhere because I like, I don't, I don't want to get rid of it. I feel like it's bad if I throw this out. Whereas yeah. if it's newsprint, you're like, just chuck it out. It's definitely yeah, totally. rubbish. Yeah, I think that's I find that quite interesting. So, okay, so we've got those. So if you, if you were look, if you were talking to someone that was a sole trader or you know, like a small small enterprise or that, you know, there's the smaller SMEs, what would you say to them if they were looking at that thing of going and looking at out-of-home uh, out of home marketing, what would you recommend to them? Would you say, look, you know, this is why billboards are really good. Like what would you be telling them or your team would be telling them around how that would work? Oh, from a, from a, I think because of, you know, one of the challenges in that space, Rachel, and you'll be fully aware of this, is, is budget. Yeah. Um, and so what we want to make sure, and for a lot of that part of our customer base, uh, we we become their virtual marketing team. 
um, because they don't actually have, you know, they're the owner operator of the business, or as you say, there's a team of 10 or 15, yeah. they might have somebody doing social um, for them in house, but um, we, we very much actually become almost like their marketing consultant. Mm. So in that example that you've used there, we probably wouldn't be recommending out of home um, yeah. because of the size of the, you know, the budget and the spend. Um, we would be recommending, you know, working with them around getting really clear on their brand message, on, on you know, who they are and what they uh, what they're actually trying to say um, and, and what what niche or what USP they have. Um, and then uh, working with them around understanding where, as, as we talked about through data, understanding exactly where their customers are and then designing something that's that will be nine times out of 10, a combination of digital with um, supported with letterbox. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, that seems to work. I mean, we... And it's interesting, like, I think, and I think you said this um, uh, at the start, that a lot of people are discounting letterboxes as, you know, an old form of marketing. Um, but it's interesting what happens with behaviour. So we actually commissioned Roy Morgan to do some research for oh. us. And around 20%, I think they, they sampled about 15,000 New Zealanders, and around 20% of customers who actually receive a catalogue will go to the website and buy off the website. So it's actually not only driving foot traffic into store, um, it's actually driving them to the to the website as well. And and I'm sort of I'm quite passionate about this. So if I'm going on too much, let me know. No, but, no, it's good. I've, one of our clients is Millie's Kitchen, and they have a catalogue that's sent out to a large number and that's what they know is they've seen that drive of people then going it's changed it used to be they'd print out the little thing or that you know but now they physically go to the website after they've got the catalog is yeah if they don't go thing? to the store they'll actually go to the website yeah and we actually just read there's a, a guy called jonathan zang who um is a marketing specialist out of harvard uh and he's just done a, a, a bit of research with harvard business review and he, he actually worked with this um, uh, luxury jeweler brand in the States where they don't have any shop fronts, they just have mm. online presence. And he, they did this period where, um, like a time period where they actually uh, designed a, a glossy, uh, you know, um, magazine type catalog um, and put that into Letterbox and then supported that with just basic email marketing. Yeah. Um, as well as social, and during that period, compared to just doing the email, email and social, they saw a fifteen percent uplift in sales through the website. Um, so we, yeah, we are, we are. Whoever you talk to here, you will find that we are passionate believers in the combination of online with offline. You know that the combined is really powerful. Yeah, yeah, because I, I do think that it is that thing of tactile. Like I know that. I'm an avid, um, okay, so maybe my family would say addicted, um, avid online shopper. But one of the things that I find quite stressful sometimes is I don't want to necessarily go into shops. I live in Ottawa, so north of Auckland, so I don't, I don't want to necessarily come into shops. Um, but I find that I don't always find it easy to be able to look at things well on my phone. I don't always want to get my laptop. But a catalogue is something I can look through and see and 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 it, it's tactile, tactile. You can circle stuff. You can dog ear a, pa a page. I can really understand the benefit of having something that's physical and tactile 
in a world where there's an increasingly lack of that opportunity to have tactile. So I can Great. understand it, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Actually, we're in, and again, we talk tangible marketing first, digital second. That's, But again, it's the combination, Rachel. Um, yeah. And that when you say that actually viewing it and looking at it and you know, that driving behavior. We had a fantastic example through one of the team here, well, actually uh, one of our contractors um, who received a farmer's catalog in the letterbox and, uh, you know, her five-year-old son, uh, was a, it was a Christmas toy special. Um, and she took this she, because he was so, he took this catalog to bed, he was on the couch with it, he was everywhere. And she took a video of him basically going through the catalog, telling telling her what he wanted for Christmas as far as Christmas presents is concerned. And so we've taken that video and we've put that up. And because from a the power of print and the power of catalog and tangible, I don't think it gets much better than that. You know. Well, yeah. let's be honest. How many of us as parents would have kids coming home from school with the lucky book of classic books and getting suckered into to books? I was going to say crappy books. They're not all crappy books, but some of the books on there. <laughs> definitely dubious in terms of their quality and you know you'd be suckered into it because I'd be like I need to have this book like this is the book I need to have you know you know so I like it is it's to have a physical thing is 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 a really beautiful thing to be able to own so so what you would do with a client is if you had that tangible thing then you would support it with like Facebook and Google ads is that what you would do correct yep Yep, yep. And also, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if they also, if they didn't have the actual, uh, the other thing we do is if they if they weren't clear about their brand and their brand strategy and they're a bit confused about that and, you know, at times, again, this part of New Zealand, being New Zealand, they wear a lot of hats. Mm. You know, they don't have a marketing team. They don't have an HR team. They don't have a finance team. They are the, the, the you know, that part of the organisation tends to sit with, maybe one or two individuals. So, um, yeah, so we get really, we, we try and help them with their brand strategy. We we help them with, you know, their budgeting process, their marketing plan, where they should put that, how we measure it. And measurement's interesting with Letterbox because, you know, it's, it's a harder channel to measure as far as the effectiveness is concerned. But what we can do and what we, what we have been doing, if customers give us access to their data, mm. um, because of the, all these data sizes I have walking around, we can actually, you know, we can show what happens when they're in and out of cardiac catalog with things like um, foot traffic through the doors, um, if they've got the ability to count foot traffic, um, not only what happens with their actual revenue and average shopping size, but um, visits to the website, uh, what happens with SEO trend. We can do all that if the customer wants to give us access um, to their data. So. Um, measuring letterbox, um, we're getting smarter and smarter around that all the time. And then you've got, of course, things like QR codes. Mm, so QR COVID, right? They were yeah. the best. I remember um, being at a like speaking around social media or something. I think it was over ten years ago. And there was, it was a New Plymouth and there was these young guys trying to get people to use QR codes in New Plymouth. And I was giving them shit. Like mm. I was just like, guys, this is not going to ever take off. No one's ever going to use QR codes. No and and to be honest, no one did. Like I've got one on my laptop and I'm like, why would that be there? And um, and then COVID hits and I'm like, those guys had something here. And I use them. I have them on my print material because I know if there's a QR code, People can scan that and go straight to the website. They don't have to like digitally type it in. You know, it's clever. COVID has um, absolutely. Blessing. 
Yeah, yeah. When it comes to QR codes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, actually, that is a good thing to actually add on. Like, if you're doing like a, a anything in the letterbox, having a QR code is like a good idea. Um, and so when you're doing that kind of like, because I'm interested as well, like, so obviously with those smaller businesses, would you be doing more of a direct relationship with them or would they still go through an agency, a third-party agency first? No, more direct. Yeah. So we have, so we do have, uh, you know, a number of agencies that we work with, which tends to be more in the uh, larger end of town. Um, but yeah, more around the mid, mid to SME space is we have direct relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they're coming to you, are they? Do they know they're looking for a like a virtual marketing solution? Is that what they know they're coming for? Does that surprise? Oh, them? I think they. I think you know a lot of them uh, come to us first and foremost because the business historically has been known for letterbox. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we work with them around educating them around what else we can do for them and how best to utilize that budget um, that they have. And one of the things, you know, what's interesting. It'd be really interesting to get your view on this, actually, because what's interesting when you look at other channels, so if you talk about um, TV or radio um, or even social, the frequency piece around actually, and out of home as well, the frequency of actually, you know, Mr. Customer, yes, we, we can do this campaign for you, but you actually need to be in market three, four, five, six times to get your message across. I think historically what's happened with Letterbox is it's been for a lot of businesses maybe a one mm. a one-time sort of hit where it's almost a, a project. So, you know, we're we're talking to them more about their overall marketing plan and what the frequency needs to look like and then the different channels that go with that. So uh, frequency is a bit of a passion for me because um, obviously at, from digital as well, you know, one of the things I say to clients is I don't really want you to do like a spate on social and then stop, you know, it's consistency teaches the algorithm you're there, but it also remind, make sure that you're always in mind with the audience. Yep. And it's a challenge for small business owners. Like I know for me, you know, if, if I'm busy trying to like get ahead on my emails or trying to, I'm currently trying to get all my podcasts done for the end of January because you know, crazy times. Um, and so that's extra time. And it's so easy for business owners to slide that. But I always, my quote around frequency is I always go, look, you know, it used to be three to seven times. Then we said nine to 13. And I said, and now I say 13 to 22 points of contact before someone will buy from you because we keep on getting all the stimulation. And that's what, that's what it is in the States. It's 13 to 22 points of contact. Wow. Okay. Because they get so much, and it's and I we do quite a lot with Facebook ads with the e-commerce site. And one of the things that we, you know, talk to them about is the other side of that is that in 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 the states, you know, if you're doing a frequency of ad um, ads on digital digital alone, and you're giving them a frequency of you know sort of like nine to thirteen a week. In the states, that's okay. If you do that high amount of frequency and just digital ads here, people start complaining about the ads and that they're showing up too fast because New Zealand is a lot more sensitive to being advertised to. So right. if you hit more than you know sort of five to seven, you start getting a drop in the effectiveness of the ads. So you need to have these other things going on around it to get that frequency up to get those sales in. Yep. So New Zealand needs a more multifaceted approach to marketing more than um, America where they just get bombed, like the, the bombardment of, you know, it's one of the reasons that like our clients who have 
a goal of working in the US, they really struggle with how much budget they have to spend because they have to be like in the face all the time. We need more in the face, but you can't just use one avenue to do it in New Zealand. It doesn't work. No, so, yeah. yeah so, which is good for you, right? Because that's interesting. Really yeah, yeah. Too. That's that's real. That actually reinforces everything that we're trying to achieve. It's, yeah, it's and, and yeah. I always, I've got, I wrote a book called Be a Spider, Build a Web, and I talk in there about how you know it's not enough to be on one channel you've got to create like this kind of sticky web where people are coming in at different points of it to find you and then they'll stay with you and they'll stick with you but you can't just rely on that one solution like you can't just go I'm just doing letterbox jobs or I'm just doing google I'm just doing it has to be that eclectic range in New Zealand for it to work here yeah, totally. Makes sense, right? So yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's absolutely fascinating for me. I'm going to research that now. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's it, to me. I I find it fascinating because when I was working originally in marketing, we used to say, you know, it's three to seven times, and then we started changing it to nine to thirteen, and that was like quite a long time ago. And I remember saying it's going to come to 13 to 22 because that's what it's in the US. And, and I've really seen that happen, especially I think over COVID because we had so many people, you know, using online, suddenly it all went up. And of course, all the costs went up at the same time because Facebook's not an idiot, you know, auction stuff. But it's because it suddenly became a lot noisier because so many people were online. And that's why we need to look at external things to market with. And I think that's what's happened when you talk to, when you talk to, yeah, it's a really great point around COVID because when you talk to a lot of customers and you talk about marketing, they think marketing is just online. They think marketing not. is just digital. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, as you say, how do you reinforce, back to my point, it's both worlds. It's where where does your customer hang out? Where do they behave? We don't just we don't just sit in our bedroom, or we shouldn't. We don't just sit in our bedroom in a digital world. We operate in the physical um, with digital. So, yeah, fascinating. And the other reason I, I like I, I I think you know um, that I have a weekly column and stuff, and I think a good example of this is that I have that column, and, and most of the time it's just digital. And every now and again, hasn't happened for a while. Stuff would be great if you did it again. Every now and again, they publish one of my columns in print on one of their magazines, or one of the the newspapers. And when that happens, I will tell you that I get noticed far more than, and I I know that I get a lot of hits on those columns online but there's something about print that people remember it when they've seen it with their eyes on a tactile piece of paper and when that happens I get absolutely slammed with emails like oh my gosh I saw you in here or you know I found you in here and can I ask a question and it's a much it's not because that column is necessarily better it's because it was in physical print yeah right so that's really interesting because we um we do the distribution for a lot of the community newspapers mm. um, into Letterbox. And what we find, which is really interesting, is if for some reason, you know, we're not there on the day that it should be there or we're late or maybe one of you our would deliveries. You get told. We get, we get inundated. Yeah. yeah. We really do. Like it's a, it's a, those community newspapers, I think, are just, and, you know, community, they're a key part of the community. People are. are actually waiting to receive them and I think too like people do underestimate that like I always I always think like it's quite clever too if you've got inserts like fly inserts in those or you know like that's where because you're saving it but I do I think those community newspapers people often poo-poo them but people when they've got them yes there's a portion that just chuck them straight in the bin there are 
but there's a huge number of people who rely on those. And I know particularly there's areas like dentists and landscape gardeners and builders and things like that. If they if they advertise and print in those or have advertising material that's going out those same days as those, that's the winner for them because that's their target market. You know, that's yep. who's reading it and, and they're wanting it. It is yep. fascinating to me. Um, so, so you're saying that, it, you know, we're in agreement on this, that the importance of having that mix of digital and real life out, out of digital marketing, that's that, that magic blend that small business owners and actually any business owners need to be thinking about to make things work better. Yeah, 100% multi-channels where it's at, you know, and not just, you know, we've, we've this conversation has been a lot about that SME space in New Zealand yeah. and, and certainly where we want to be helping as much as we can. But we've also, also seen a number of our, our larger enterprise accounts who have uh, made the call and, and, you know, off the back of COVID, they've actually made the call to um, exit the letterbox channel um, only to be back in channel like, you know, nine months later, six months later, a year later, because of the impact, not only when you talk to them, not only around, um, you know, sales and revenue, but also on brand awareness. Um, and yeah. their marketing teams are measuring that. So um, it's it's absolutely multi-channel. It's not it's not one versus the other. Yeah. Because I, I do think that that's probably the only thing I would say with a small to medium-sized business with a limited budget is that it does... The biggest hit, the biggest benefit is brand awareness. And sometimes smaller, some small businesses aren't in a position where they can afford to pay for that long-term benefit at once. But when you're in that position where you invest in brand awareness, that brand awareness is a powerful trickle down into long-term sales, isn't it? Particularly like, if you're clear you know, on what your brand stands yeah. for and who and you I, are and what your strategy is. And that's and where I it starts. I think that's key, right? Because a lot of small businesses aren't really key. They're kind of working it out as they go. They're kind of evolving as they go. So for them, often people that have been burnt with it and when it doesn't work, it's because they either missed a really important component like call to actions yep. or over-cluttering and trying to offer too much on one flyer. Yeah. Or it's just that they really don't know who they're talking to. Um, I call it narrowing the arrow. They don't know who they're talking to and they don't know what they're meant to be saying. And because of that problem, it's not hitting hard to the person that's holding their hands who goes, I need to keep this flyer or I need to keep this catalogue or it goes in the banks. It's not mine. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And that confusion on brand strategy, like if they're not clear and what that brand stands for, that then flows through the rest of the marketing piece. Yeah. And they and they and they just feel like they need to be they need to be on social. And a lot of them they'll go and employ someone to be on social, but there's oh, no don't even start no, me. There's no clear strategy oh. around what that actually means because they're not clear on what their brand stands for. Mm. And so they're just they're just following, it's almost like they're following the masses, you know. Mm. Um I'll share something with you which is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but we because uh, you 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 know and, and as you know we absolutely believe uh, wholeheartedly in digital but we've actually started we, we sort of joke here at times around the digital scrolling zombies and yep. the people who are just following the masses without actually getting really clear on what their brand stands for and what they're trying to achieve as far as strategy is concerned yep. so couldn't agree more Rachel could not agree more awesome can I ask a question do you guys actually use out of home marketing uh, do we yourself? use out of home ourselves we yeah. have done yeah, we have done. Yep. Yep. And did you find that, did you get, did you, did you feel like when you're doing it, does it feel like a bit of a thing where, cause I always know as a marketer, I, I, 
for a start, I don't need put nearly as much effort into my own marketing as I do everybody else's in terms of like thinking of my messaging. Did you find that challenging, that process challenging of actually like working out what you're going to say or how you're going to present it, knowing I've got to make this work because it's mine? Uh, yeah, 100% yes. Yeah. Um, it's the yeah, worst. 100% yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I try yeah. to get other people to do my ads for me because I, if I do them, I for a start, I barely spell check them, which is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have actually we actually have someone who we work with who comes in on a regular basis and challenges us big time around what we're doing as far as our brand is concerned and strategy and how we're positioning. So, and I think that's healthy having someone. Yeah, external. It is. It's really important to um, have someone externally to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I hear you. I, I totally hear what you're saying. <laughs> This is also quite interesting. So this has been really interesting. If people are wanting, if they are a SME and they want to work with you directly, um, I'm going to make an assumption it's not you they're going to probably talk to, but how would they get in contact with Reach? Um, so obviously reach.nz uh, um, as far as website is concerned, um, 0800 Reach, phone call. Um, yeah, those those are the ways. I mean, we're pretty awesome. easy to find, to be honest. So yeah. And in terms of their particular industries that you think work best with you in that SME space? Um, that's a good question. We do, I mean, we just cover, our customer base is so broad. Mm. This is the broadest customer base that I've actually personally managed as far as a business is concerned. We do a lot of stuff in, in rural, agricultural. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned that beginning that I said rural is a really good space for yeah. Yeah, we, we do. Um, we uh, support real estate. We do a lot of stuff with hospitality. We do a lot of stuff with um, uh, retail. Obviously, uh, we we cover we cover everywhere, Rachel. So um, yeah, we can help anyone basically. Basically, anyone that we've seen advertise in a bus shelter or on the back of a bus is the sort of person that you would work with. Yep. Yep. For sure. Pretty much yep. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure, Armstrong, and thank you so much for um, sharing. I've actually got a few things here that I think, you know, I'm always a big believer in whoever's listening that I'm going to make a list of things that you should have on a flyer anyway. That's just good practice, but also talking about how you could then walk through and talk to you or, you know, in your business around that if they need it, but also just opening eyes around thinking about how you can integrate you know, that kind of physical marketing and that digital marketing together to really make a better story for yourself. And I really like that you said, as I always say, that it's so important to get that brand message right before you jump into it, because otherwise it's just an expensive experiment. I totally, 100% agree. You've got to understand exactly who you are and what, what you stand for. In terms of understanding what we can offer in, in both, if customers jump on our website, uh, there is a, a explainer video there on the on the product Reach Home, which clearly shows the power of um, online with offline together awesome. um, and what that product looks like. So, um, yeah, that may help. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being part of the show. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from people, whether it's on print or in online, when it comes out on the Stuff article as well. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Lovely chatting. It was good to chat to you too. Well, that wraps up the first podcast for this year of 2023, if you're listening to this when it came out on January the 6th. It was lovely to share this podcast with you, and I hope it's helped you think about how print could be used in your small business and whether you'd need to do a letterbox drop or some other sort of print that would help work through that and how you can blend the two, digital marketing and print, to make things work better. For us at Identify, it's us developing some 
flyers and material that we'll use with some of our strategic partners and also with businesses targeting the right sort of businesses for us that might be interested in some of our products. Because I know I love print too especially if it's on that great quality paper. Good tip. If you'd like to talk about anything in this podcast, do come and be part of the Map It Marketing group and on Facebook and ask questions in there. I'll be in there even though it is still officially my holiday time. And I hope that you're having a great start to 2023. Next week, it's all me talking to you about, I think I'm doing about about us pages next week. So um, come and be part of that and learn how you can really refine that suitable for all types of businesses. It's one of my big bears making sure you're about us pages right and otherwise i hope 2023 has been kind to you thus far and i will talk to you next week if you love what you heard today be sure to hit subscribe and if you love this episode in particular i'd love it if you shared it on social media remember to tag me in so i can say thank you have a great week and we'll talk soon